The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issue, or health inquiry, including matters discussed on this podcast. This episode discusses abuse, which may be triggering to some people. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of Red Table Talk Productions, iHeartMedia, or their employees. And then all of a sudden, from not having anybody to talk to besides my daughter, now I've got a huge group of people who on the outside all appear to want me to be successful. They're celebrating my ups. They're like consoling me in my downs. I'm feeling like there really is an amazing community of people. Who knew that leggings could teach us about narcissism and toxic relationships? For those of you who haven't heard of it, LuLaRoe was a constant on many people's social media feeds. 
people feverishly trying to sell the buttery soft pattern leggings, which were being featured on social media and at parties. According to media reports, LuLaRoe grew to a $2 billion business by 2017 and had over 80,000 people whom they called consultants selling their clothes and their famous leggings. But just like any system, which requires more and more people lower on the scale to make more money for people higher on the scale, the system fell apart and apocryphal stories of moldy leggings and well-meaning sellers, almost always women, losing life savings, marriages, and homes became the reality for some of the people who were just looking to make a little extra money for their families. Today, we are gonna hear from Roberta Blevins, a LuLaRoe consultant featured in the series Lula Rich, which tells the story of the experience of sellers in the company. Roberta initially found success selling the leggings, but then learned about the dark side of multi-level marketing systems, which often have all of the top notes of a toxic relationship. Let's hear Roberta's story. You know, Roberta, I want to take it from the beginning, sort of your story with LuLaRoe. And what I'd love to hear is what your life was before LuLaRoe ever came into it. What were you up to and what were you doing before all of this? In 2015 is when I first heard about LuLaRoe. I was a mom. My daughter was like three or four at the time. I was married. I had lost my father pretty recently. I was very vulnerable. And I just was floundering. I was lost. I think Mm. that happens a lot when you Mm -hmm. have vulnerabilities and big questions come up into your life. And I do remember feeling very much that I wasn't myself, that I didn't have my own identity, that I felt like I had just become like Abby's mom and Charlie's wife, and I wasn't like Roberta, and I wasn't my own person anymore. Mm -hmm. Not that I needed to be doing more, but you know... I feel like also in society, women are constantly told that we could be doing more and we could be filling in the free moments Mm -hmm. with other things that need to be done because we have so many responsibilities in our lives. And I think I felt like I was busy, but I could be doing more. I could be doing better. I, I could be making more money. I could be staying home more. I've always felt like I'm not enough. That comes from my childhood, which we'll probably also get into Mm -hmm. and goes with all of this as well. But I literally grew up never feeling like anything I ever did was enough, that I could never make some of the people in my life happy. And so I was just like, you know, like just ripe on the vine for picking. (laughs) And that's essentially what happened. Roberta, when I hear you say this, we're about to talk about multi-level marketing, right? But as soon as I hear those words, I am not enough, I sit up straight (laughs) because those are the ultimate anthem of vulnerability of a person to a narcissistic relationship of any kind. Because in a way, that kind of a relationship is a mirror for not feeling enough. It's something that will just keep reminding you of that. But initially, they come in and make you feel like you're more than enough. And that's the trick. And so for a minute, you're given exactly the thing you needed to hear 
because everybody's enough. We're all born enough. But too many of us have gotten that messaging early in life that we're not. So to me, it's, it's actually amazing because here we are talking about something sort of non-traditional in the, it, when I'm a, you know, I really do think MLMs are a narcissistic relationship space and I'm going to have you, you're going to be the teacher about MLMs <laughs> today, but it's a, um, that right there, you just, I got chills down my spine because that's a red flag that people have within them that they don't even know is a red flag. And on top of that, you were going through a transition and loss and grief of your dad. And then the ongoing role of being a mom. I mean, we're all, as a mom myself, we're supposed to think it's a blessing. And I remember what it was like being with little kids and you think, this is magical. And how many games of shoots and ladders can somebody play in one day? So (laughs) it's a lot. How did LuLaRoe even come into your life? It's not as though they came and knock in or because they didn't know these things about you. So how did that moment happen that here you were living with that Roberta of it all? How did LuLaRoe come into your life? So I think already because of that vulnerability of not feeling like I was enough and that I could do more, I was already just had this heightened sense anytime I saw something new. Because that might be the answer. At the Mm -hmm. time, I've been doing hair for 21 years. And at the time, Mm. I was working in Los Angeles. And I'm from San Diego, and that's where I live now. And I was working once a month, driving up, doing hair on the weekend, just powerhousing through, and then coming down. And in the very beginning, when my daughter was born, she wasn't in school. So I wasn't missing field trips. Mm -hmm. I wasn't missing plays and things like that. And so it really wasn't a big deal because she was with my mom or my husband at the time. And it wasn't a big deal. But once she got into kindergarten... And I was out of town on those Fridays that things would happen or times that I could be volunteering in her class or being there. I started realizing like, okay, like this job has been great working out of town, but like I can't continue, like I can't keep this up. Like my Mm -hmm. daughter needs me. I need to get LA off of Mm -hmm. my routine and I need to stay in San Diego and not count on that money. And I can't let it go without having something to replace it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was always constantly thinking like what that could be. So when these leggings came across my Facebook fe- my Facebook feed, it wasn't that big of a deal because it was just another mom friend from like a mm-hmm. mom Facebook group. It was just like a picture of her wearing leggings. It was just her legs and she was like, oh my God, I never thought I would love leggings as much as I do, but these are amazing. And it was just something where I'm like, I had already, I wore leggings at the time. Some of the things I didn't like about it is I was having to constantly pull them up because they wouldn't stay up properly. And so I was asking her questions and she's, oh my gosh, they stay put. They're super thick. You can't see your underwear when you bend down. They're really great. You can work out in them. All of these things. And I was like, hey, maybe these leggings will solve the problems I have with leggings. I think it was like 10 bucks shipping with shipping, you know? Why not? I'll try a pair for 10 bucks. I help my friend out. I'll try these things. Why not? And she only had two or three pairs. None of them were really my style, but I picked the one that was the most, not my, like the most my <laughs> style out of the not my styles. Right. And um, I was like, oh, these can just be like hanging out watching Sesame Street pants with my kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I got them and they were so soft. Mm. I know everyone says buttery, but to me, buttery is greasy and slippery. These were like <laughs> velvety and they were yeah, soft velvety, yeah. and they were... Mm-hmm comfy and thick. And I was like, dang, okay. Okay. And I wore them and I loved them. And then I was like, you know what? I want to wear these outside, but I'm, I'm going to find a black pair. And I remember it took me about a week to find a person that had them in my size available and were willing to sell them to me without being in this party or pairing them with something else. It took me about a week. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember getting them 
and being like, I win. It was the oh, that's weirdest feeling, right? So funny. Yeah, because those black, black Lululemon leggings were the holy grail of leggings right? in that world. I remember that. Yeah. yeah but they're just black leggings. They're just black leggings. Yeah. They're just black leggings. But I had allowed them to be more than just black leggings. Yeah, and so yeah. they came with excitement. They came with dopamine. They came with adventure yeah. and hunting and like that, that like chasing the rainbow and mm-hmm. getting the pot of gold at the end of it. And it was like a game. And so I understood that. And I was like, dang, okay. And then I would go into these parties and I would see it happen over and over and over again. And they, these things were flying off the shelves. I would come into a party 10, 15 minutes late and most of it would be sold out. So the second thing that I was thinking is, okay, <laughs> like if I'm going crazy for these and mm-hmm. these other women are going even crazier for these, I could make money selling these. At one level, I could almost say that you're kind of love bombed by the leggings, right? Because yeah. they were so soft and they felt so good. But and they the were also community of people that came well, with so, it too. So let's talk about that next, then, right? Because yeah. it was more than just black leggings that stayed on you that were really soft that people were really trying to buy, right? Right. There was something more happening here. Okay, Absolutely. beyond the leggings. So beyond this product that could just sell itself, what really drew you in and inspired you to want to work with LuLaRoe, given, like you said, that there were other ways you could get cheaper leggings to sell and above and beyond just the fact that there was the sales infrastructure. Was it that simple that they've got the software, they've got the infrastructure, they've got the leggings, I'm off to the races. Was it that simple? I think there was. I think that was probably like the factual driving force where I Mm -hmm. could go back to that as this is what they're offering and this is what I'm paying for. But in between that business transaction came the community. The community started with my friend. She was like, my messenger, I was like, hey, thanks for the leggings. These are great. She's like, yeah, I'm thinking about selling them. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. And so we were talking about that. And then I remember, like I said, joining those groups and talking to those other, the the reps and saying, do you like doing this? Like as we would get in a message, Mm, because mm -hmm. I was just dipping my toe in. And so I'm talking to all these people. And when you're talking to people in this organization, they want you to join too, because most likely they want me to join underneath them. They're like, it's amazing. You're going to love it. It's so great. I've met all these amazing people and I found my best friend and we've got these meetings. And the other thing that I felt I was lacking in my life was that community, being a stay, mostly stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom who was working mm-hmm. out of town and out of the home at night away from my family. I didn't really have a friend group because I didn't know, mm-hmm. I, my daughter wasn't in school, so I wasn't meeting other moms with age-appropriate, similar-age children. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I felt very isolated as well as like yeah. this mom that lived at home and like only saw people at the grocery store. So when these new people came into my life in the form of Zoom calls and group chats and Facebook pages, and I'm going to add you to my shopping group, and let's send me your mess- send me your phone number, and I'll text message you. And then all of a sudden, from not having anybody to talk to besides my daughter, now I've got a huge group of people who, on the outside, all appear to yeah. want me to be successful. They're celebrating my ups. They're like consoling me in my downs. I'm feeling like there really is an amazing community of people. These are my friends. Mm. These are people who genuinely care about me, even though I just met them. Even though I just met them, they're telling me they love me. I'm amazing. Mm. Oh, they were pandering to that and they were love bombing me and they were 
just inflating my, I don't really have much of an ego, but they were inflating that ego that I did have. And I did have an ego when I was in LuLaRoe, which was something that was one of those red flags that I was like, whoa, who am I? It was slow and innocuous, but at the same time, quick and obvious, if that makes sense. But I didn't know it was love bombing and I didn't Mm. know that was a Mm. thing. And again, growing up with narcissistic people in my life, I find comfort in that chaos. I've always, it's always really up or really down in my life and the people around. And it's just, it's this toxicity that I was like born into. (laughs) And again, like a lot of this stuff I've been unpacking since leaving LuLaRoe because so many of these topics intersect with the things that I talk about as well, which has led me to being like, oh, I should probably unpack my baggage before I start Mm. helping others unpack (laughs) theirs. And through this journey, I've... Well, that's trauma bonding, Roberta. That's what you're talking about. That that idea that chaos feels familiar. Mm -hmm. And in a way, chaos equals love. Right. So when all of that, that where someone else might have said, whoa, this is a lot, and might even step back... For you, you're thinking, okay, there might be something happening here. It's almost primal. But what is really interesting, and I think of this as love bombing, we think of love bombing as such an individual phenomenon, right? Like you may, you meet somebody, you're dating somebody, right? And they put do the full court press. We don't think of, of organizations, groups right. of people as love bombing you. What is so seductive is... Because you don't think they're on the make. So they're not trying to get you to bed or something like that, right? right? You'd be a great salesperson. You're so great on social media. That doesn't fall under our traditional definition of seductive. And so you're thinking like, it's kind of true and how great that somebody's actually noticing me. But it is so profound to actually be seen. You know, that I think to me, that's where, that's the thing that you're capturing here, Roberta, is that especially when you're a new mother. And I think that's something that, not only do you have the vulnerability you bring into this historically, but there's something very unique when you're taking care of a young child. Like you said, sometimes your social contacts are at the grocery store. And and so, and even if you're working outside of the house at that time, you often feel isolated because most of your colleagues wouldn't have a young child. So at the core of it, that, that isolation and somebody seeing your gifts, because Again, it's not like, oh, you're giving your child cut up pears so nicely. But when we're being love bombed, we're never as discerning as we should be. So because we want to, we want to believe it. And it's true. You were good at those things. But little did you know what was going to come. Right. Yeah. I mean, I say a lot of the time when you join these companies, you really are just a cog in a machine. And they were just missing that cog. And I just fit what they were looking for. And it didn't have to be me. It could have been anybody It could have been anybody that fit in that square hole, right? They were just looking for another square peg to go into a square hole. And I just happened to fit into it. But again, it doesn't matter. I happen to have the right vulnerabilities and the right concerns and the right needs and wants. And they came in and offered me all of my dreams to come true if I was willing to do this. And I was like, why not? Let's try it. And so you did. You know, what, what ended up happening was you gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And then you were in it, and it was as though they knew exactly what to say, as though they almost had their own formula. This is our target person. This is what we're going to say and do, and it worked. Absolutely. One of the things that we did a little bit deeper into my journey when I was in a leadership position, goes right along with what you just said, is they had us take personality tests. 
They made us really? do the color lenses. Yeah. So we had to do the color lenses, which is like yellow, blue, green, and red yeah, yeah, yeah. or orange or something. Mm-hmm. So that we could, and it came under the guise of, let's learn what your color lens is so mm. that you can take this back to your team and figure out what their color lenses are. And so they really wanted us to understand the four lenses so that we could then diagnose essentially our teams with their colors so we could more effectively communicate slash manipulate them for whatever we needed. But you know, there's something else they were doing with that, Roberta. I'll tell you, because this this is a little bit of a narcissism trick they were doing with you and a culty trick too. Not only in their love bombing, did they create a sense of belonging? Like, come be with us. You're so smart. We want you in our midst. Then they were even subcategorizing you. Yeah. Greens, yellows, oranges. The more we can help make people feel like they belong to something, especially on the basis of a skill or ability or a quality, it really hooks us. We are a species that likes to believe we belong to something. So that was not a personality test. That was a let's even hook you further. So all you blues are going to stick together as blues. It was almost Orwellian, what they oh, were doing. Oh, absolutely. It's Orwellian. And that's exactly what happened. Like, we would come back to do these, and as I'm doing this, someone would be like, I think I'm a blue. I'm like, I'm a blue too. Of course you're a blue. That makes total sense. Us blues got to stick together. And it was very culty. <laughs> and I never thought of it that way because I had done, like, Myers-Briggs mm, in mm, college yeah. and things like this. And so I was used to sort of taking these compartmentalized tests in order to better adjust your skill sets and what you'd learn better. Because it also sounds, though, at the time, it played upon a need to belong. And, you know, so not only did this organization that you could belong to, you could make money, and you could even belong even more in this sort of sub-group. So... It's, so now we're using this interesting word cult, right? Cult, narcissism are pretty much synonymous. A cult is like an organized narcissistic group. Right. But I came to find out that you, Roberta, actually Googled, is LuLaRoe an MLM in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. okay? And nothing came up. So no. because really what I'd love to hear from you is if you would explain what an MLM or a multi-level marketing system is, so people understand that. Because I'm using the term, you're using the term, we happen to know what it is, but not all of our listeners do. So what was your experience of what an MLM is, and why, more importantly, did you Google that in the beginning? Okay, so I had been a part of an MLM before LuLaRoe. It's a very Mm. cringy one that a lot of people know of. It's called It Works. They sold Mm. those fat wraps that were supposed to like, you know, suck all the fat out of you. I got sucked (laughs) into that almost immediately after my father died Mm. because I was very vulnerable and there was a lot of things that was going on. I probably only lasted three or five months. It felt very scammy. It felt very, this is not what I signed up for. I remember doing like a craft fair and just feeling embarrassed the whole time and being like, I can't do this more than once. Like, I don't Mm want to ever mm -hmm. do this again. And then I remember looking into it and talking to some people after the fact and people were like, oh, like that's a pyramid scheme. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, that's an MLM. And so I understood what they were. I had been a part of that one. I had bought from so many. My aunt had sold Mary Kay when I was a kid. She had the pink car. My mom sold it too. We had Avon in our home. We had used 31 bags. My mom has Cutco knives. There were so many normalizations of MLMs in my life because 
That's the whole point. So for me, it was like comfort in the chaos. It was normalized. And so when it came across my desk, I was like, sure, okay, why not? So experiencing that a a year before LuLaRoe, I learned what I hated about MLMs. And unfortunately, when LuLaRoe came along, they didn't look anything like it works. And so I was like, oh, those Uh, aren't red flags. And because mm -hmm. it looks so different, I just glazed over it. And the things that I was worried about that were MLM things, that's why I Googled that. Is LuLaRoe an MLM? Is LuLaRoe a pyramid scheme? Is LuLaRoe a scam? Like I looked these things up, hoping that there would Hmm. have been somebody that had come before to be like, yeah, it is. Don't bother. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything at all. And every single person that I talked to about LuLaRoe, whether they sold it or whether they bought it, had nothing but positive things to say. I could not find anyone that had anything negative to say about LuLaRoe in 2015. Yeah, it's almost like you were dating someone where there's a lot of red flags and you're asking, is this a good guy? And everyone's like, no, great guy, great guy, great guy. And then unfortunately, you weren't talking to this entire other group of people. Right, I wasn't talking to any of his exes at all. Exactly. I couldn't find them (laughs) at all, no. There was one thing that I found that was a little kind of eh, but I found it months after. Mm. And at that Mm -hmm. point, I was like, this guy sounds like a hater. This guy sounds super bitter. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe him. I'm having a really great time. Yeah. Everybody I know is also having a really great time. And that guy just sounds like maybe he just didn't try hard enough. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what it felt like when that came across. Had that come across before I joined, maybe things would be different. But it didn't show up for months and months and months. And at that point, I was very willing to explain it away with any sort of excuse that I could. Battling with my own cognitive dissonance for a very long time in this country. Right. Right. So let's, so then it's so many things you just said. I've, you just you've created a thousand questions for me. Ding, 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 ding. It's, first of all, and something I didn't know, and this is really fascinating, is sort of intergenerational participation oh, yeah. in MLM, right? So I think that for folks to understand that a multi-level marketing involves merchandise that cannot be purchased in traditional retailing outlets, like in a pharmacy or a department store, or grocery store, that these things can only be purchased through retailers who sign up to sell the product and usually at parties for the longest time, Mary Kay, Avon, all of those had to be done at a party or door-to-door. They'd come to your house. Now, in the era of social media, people (laughs) could, but you know, it was a new way to to do that, right? Yeah. But the key is, is that with a multi-level marketing system is that you, there is actually the sale of goods. Kind of, yes. Kind of, but money's (laughs) also being made through recruitment of sellers under you, right. that if all you do is sell, you're never going to make big money. Right. The only way to make big money is to recruit sellers who are under you, and now you're making a percentage of their sales. But there is, and so the point at which it all goes upside down and recruitment is making you more money than sales is now when you're kind of going into pyramid scheme territory. Where right. If you're, right? Well, the, the, I mean, if you were to ask me, what the difference between an MLM and a pyramid scheme is, literally the only difference is the government protects MLMs. They're on paper, they're exactly the same. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't disagree yeah, with you because yeah. I, I have, and, uh, I have, yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And right. really, they say people will say it's not a pyramid scheme because we're selling a product. And I'm like, right. okay, the product is just a replacement for money. You're just exchanging money for product now. 
And then you're exchanging product back for money. Like, it doesn't matter because it's something of value being traded for something of value, whether it's paper money or whether it's a product. That is one of those governmental rules that makes it legal. Right, because the MLM lobby is quite strong on Capitol Hill. Yes. Honestly, that's what it is. I mean, I really, I've done the deep dive, honey, and I was like, what? You know, so you're absolutely right. We're looking at you, Utah. We're looking at you. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a very powerful lobby. But ultimately, though, it's fascinating, though, that for you, there was, like you said, a normalization. And a lot of people may not have even realized, for example, Mary Kay, Avon, those were Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Those were all early multi level marketing kinds of systems, Amway. And yeah. now in modern times, we're seeing things like LuLaRoe, Herbalife, you know, a lot of certain cosmetics, these cosmetic things that people yeah. can do at home and all of that. Like how many mascaras can one person going <laughs> right. to use? You know I mean? But apparently a lot. So the, but that for you, like you said, you had been exposed to it, that they had this almost ability. And I would imagine even back in the days of Avon and Mary Kay, it was still similar. It was women who were looking to make some walking around money. And the Mm -hmm. pink car was always dangled out there as the ultimate get. And you even saw the pink car happen. So it wasn't just a fever dream in your world. Like it was a thing. It It does, it legitimizes it, absolutely. It legitimizes it, yes, It's not just me saying... Like, you can get a pink car. It's me saying, my aunt, my blood, the person I see on Christmas and talk to who's related to me, she has the car. And that's incredibly powerful. And like I said, it also goes to this other point where you... It's so fascinating for me because when we think about narcissistic relationships, people will initially say, something doesn't quite feel right here. But with people, it's hard, right? There's, I mean, I guess you can, nowadays you could Google someone, but even then, Mm. there's some people out there, like, I've said this on multiple episodes of Navigating Narcissism, there's no such thing as Yelp for people. You can't go and read (laughs) someone's one-star reviews, like, burped during the first date and then called his ex-girlfriend, zero rating, zero star rating. Like, you're not going to find that person. And it's, it's called slander and defamation. So we don't have a way of doing that. So unless there's a word of mouth way or they've really done something egregious that would show up online, you can't find that. And in a way you were, obviously something wasn't sitting well with you. So you went and checked this out. But I think your story, even though it involves an MLM and not a person, it almost really humanizes a lot of people to say, gosh, darn it, I saw those red flags early, but mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. I would argue, Roberta, you did do something. I did, but it, it took me some time to do it. We joke often that in MLM, it's all sunshine and rainbows, and we're wearing rose-colored glasses, and everything is peachy keen, hunky-dory. Right. And it's really hard to see red flags when you're wearing rose-colored glasses because they just look like regular flags. Right. <laughs> That's right. We will be right back with this conversation. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. So yeah, I saw so many red flags that I ignored and not even necessarily that were happening to me, that were happening to others. Right. And I was like, dang, right. I'm glad that's not me. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And like making yep. that excuse and looking back on it now and being like, there were so many red flags that I just blatantly ignored or like pile-drived or made excuses for, but I didn't forget them. I filed them away. Whether I ignored them or made excuses for them, they were definitely not something that I forgot. And so when it happened again, I'd be like, oh, this is happening again. And then when it would happen again, I'm like, hmm, that's weird. And then eventually, it wasn't a coincidence anymore. It became a pattern. And I I think, again, within narcissism, we ignore a lot of those red flags until they become patterns that we can call. And we're like, this is what's going to happen next. And when I could do that... When I could be like, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm not even going to bother because this is what happens all the time. And I could call the trauma and the toxicity before it even happened, which I think a lot of people can do. And we had group chats because there would be sales, right? Like a new style would show up and it would be like Thursday at 10 a.m. It's going on sale. And so we would get in these group chats because we would all be on our computers, refreshing the page, refreshing the Mm -hmm, page, trying mm -hmm. to get anything. And we're talking mad shit in these group chats about how stupid LuLaRoe is and, oh, the website's crashing again. They should talk to my husband. He works in IT. Like people giving every single time and still to this day, still, and in every other MLM when there's new product. The site crashes. It's designed this way. 
Because if the problem is still happening, the crashes are still happening, you get into the system and you are so uh, terrified that you're going to get kicked out, that you're going to buy anything yep. you possibly can and try to check out as fast as you possibly can just to get uh, something, just uh, to say you got something of this thing that everybody wants. Narcissistic people are so good at creating a sense of scarcity by doing things like withholding and making themselves unavailable, responding, but then pulling back. This behavior keeps you on the hook, and you may even forgive bad behavior just to stay in it because it felt bad when you couldn't reach them. They are also really good at triangulating and making it seem that, ah, someone else is interested in them. In this case, we see this dynamic play out when there was a desperate desire to get onboarded into the company or to get new inventory. And things like website crashes and limited inventory made people just want to grab it up without thinking. This kind of rushed decision-making impairs our clarity and our discernment. And as Roberta found, it made everyone spend more money than they had intended, and the scarcity kept them hooked, just like in any narcissistic relationship. When I onboarded in March of 2016, there mm-hmm. was about a six to eight week wait list that I had to wait through. It was called oh, the queue. Interesting. Yeah. There was a wait so list. they created that. Yeah. So they created that sense of, oh, you're even lucky to be at this party. Yeah. You're so lucky to mm-hmm. be in this list, right? To be on this list. And they would do things like, we're going to onboard 100 people today. And they made a list. It was called like luloroq.com or something. You could go to the website and you could find your name and you could see where you are on the list. And then you could be like, you'd get the email in the morning, the onboarding email, the Q Club is what they called it. And it would say, Congratulations to everyone that's going to be onboarded today. We are onboarding 100 people. If you're ready, if today is your day, because everybody knew what day. Everybody knew within 48 hours. If today is your day, make sure you've talked to your bank and that the process, like it's going to go through and it's going to process without a problem. Make sure that you've got your phone on ready so that you don't miss that call, et cetera, et cetera. And so you'd get that email in the morning. You'd go, they're doing 100 today. You'd go, you'd find your name, you'd count. You're like, I'm 352. That means I'm getting my call in four days. If they're doing 100 a day, I should get my call by, it's Monday, I'm gonna get my call Thursday or whatever. So we're doing these crazy things. We're calling our bank. Like, I can't even explain why I would have ever acted this way or done this or anything except for that it was that cult mentality. That's what everybody was doing. It created chaos, right? And what's so interesting though is what you're also describing is how a slot machine works. Any fool knows putting money into something that's gonna give you nothing is probably a bad play, but it may really give you something. And that is actually, in psychology, it's called a variable reinforcement schedule. And I always say it's exactly how narcissistic people work. Am I going to get the best of them today? Am I not? So I better keep showing up because I never know. Maybe this is the big day and it's going to be so exciting and it's going to be so wonderful. And it's they won't text you back for three or four days. And you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to live without this person? And then the person, I'm getting so tense. And then they text after the fourth day and a person starts thinking, I'll do anything this person wants. So I don't need to go another four days without being texted. It's exactly the same ground game. 
Yeah. And if you don't know that that's what you're dealing with, it's actually evil genius kind of stuff. Yeah. That is how manipulative it is. And if the people who are in this system don't know that this is what's being done to them, and most people don't because they're playing on a vulnerability, every single person was being love-bombed as you would in any narcissistic relationship, but they thought they were lucky Right. when they actually finally got pulled in. Please take my money. Yeah. And so it's really, really remarkable. But so you finally got onboarded. Yeah, I got onboarded. Oh, yes, because we were talking about how easy it was to sell everything. In the very beginning, when I joined, I could probably get a box and sell 75 to 90% of it very quickly within the week. Mm -hmm. The prints were better. The quality was better. There wasn't as much scarcity, whether or not that was real and or perceived, sure, I'm not really sure. sure. But there wasn't as much scarcity. I felt like I could get a box. I would get really good prints, a really good variety of not only prints and like novelties, but solids as well. And things went really well. I was never really one person that felt like I had to bundle things in order to push product. Like, oh, these are ugly. Let's pair it with something that people actually want and make them buy two things so I can get rid of something ugly. I never really did that. I did it once for Christmas. And then what we did is I, I donated, I think, pretty much my profit to a local family and adopted mm -hmm. a family. So that was like the only time I ever did that. But again, I felt like if I was going to do something, it felt very manipulative to me to force people to do that. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like if I was going to do something like that, it needed to go to charity or something like that. But people did that all the time. And I think that's how a lot of people were really big sellers and how things moved so fast because there was a lot of ugly stuff. Yes, there was. So <laughs> I do wonder though, if some of the earlier sets of inventories that were given to people were more movable. And then as time went on, I wonder oh, if you were getting worse. So even that, at that level of manipulation, this is like, again, love bombing. And the first few dates, you're going to go to the best restaurant in town, the best bar in town, the coolest venues. And about around the devaluing phase, about four months in, you're lucky to be getting sort of fast food in the backseat <laughs> of the car. So were you promised anything else other than money when you started working with Lula Roll? Was it just, I'm going to do this, I'm going to sell my leggings and I'm going to make money? Or were there any other incentives involved in selling there? I think when I initially looked into it, for me, it was just the selling aspect. And then when mm -hmm. you get deeper into the organization and you realize that there are these bonuses and these trips yeah. and these adventures uh, and these meetings, I know you have to qualify and only the yeah. most serious people qualify. It was that sort of stuff that really mm -hmm. drove me. I am very much like reward-based, dopamine, hit the bell, get the yeah. prize yeah. kind of person. And so for me, I was like, you I can get a watch. It's a gold watch. It's that watch right there that everyone else is wearing. All the serious people have this watch on. All the people on stage are wearing this watch. All the people in the videos have this watch on. Deanne is wearing this watch. And I can earn this watch and be part of this like special fancy watch club. What do I have to do and how do I get it? And within four months, I had that watch because I really wanted it. And I really, really needed it. I have no idea where that watch is right now. It's an expensive <laughs> no watch. Idea. It was a Vestal watch. I don't know, probably like a $150 watch. Nothing crazy, not like a Rolex or anything. Mid-range, mid I guess. It had the LuLaRoe logo on the face. Oh. It was like special. And then on the back, underneath, it was engraved. And it said, be the kind of leader that you would follow. Yeesh. Okay. So it's a little bit like the snake eating its own tail, but okay. <laughs> I was thinking of like this sort of a ski ball setup where you spend like $700 in an arcade to get like a 
$5 toy. So basically, the way you got your watch was you had to hit the first leadership rank, which was trainer. And that's 10 people underneath you who are qualifying. What do you mean by 10 people underneath you? What did that mean? So like we talked about multi-level marketing, where there are these companies where you've got the multi-level. So essentially what you do is you recruit people, like we talked about, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and those people become, if I recruited you, then I would send you my link, you would sign up, and then on LuLaRoe Calls It a Tree, you would show up underneath me on our family tree, and you would be on my team. And essentially what that means is I am now supposed to be invested in your success, because when you are successful, I am successful. And it is this um, sort of like exponential money transfer that goes up where I'm getting a a small percentage of everything. But when you have a lot of people, one to 3% really adds up. And there was other ways to, you could, you could qualify for other things to tap into other money pools that you could get money in other ways. It was It's incredibly complicated. It's incredibly convoluted. Every MLM compensation plan is like this on purpose. It is very much that Orwellian where it's, here's our compensation plan. It's so easy to understand, isn't it? And you're like, this is so fucking complicated. Yeah, it's so easy. I totally get it. Yeah, moving uh... on. Where it's so complicated and they make it seem when they give it to you, Look how easy this is. You don't ever want to be the person that's, I'm confused, I don't get this. So you're going to agree and you'll just be like, I'll just figure it out later. I'm going to agree now, smile. Oh, it's great. This is one of the best comp plans I've ever seen. And it's intentionally confusing. Even now, I look at comp plans for a living. I look at these comp plans and I dissect these companies and I'm like, they're all convoluted. And a lot of times they're just copy and paste of each other. And I'll look yeah. at one, I'll go, oh, this is just like so-and-so's comp plan. So it's intentionally confusing. And if you look at it and you don't understand, you are in the 99.7% of people who also don't understand what this really truly is. So I have a question then. What if a person never recruited someone to work under them? They're like, I'm just content selling my leggings. That's all I want to do. I don't want other people involved. What would happen to them? So as long as you're moving enough product, I guess you could make a viable living. But here we go. We would buy a pair of leggings for $10.50. Mm-hmm. You had to buy a two-pack. They were $21 for two plus tax. Mm-hmm. They didn't mm-hmm. charge us shipping, or I don't think they charged us shipping, but it was $21 for two and we sold them for $25. So we got them for $10.50 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm in charge of shipping, whether I'm going to charge for shipping or not. There's also yeah. tax that's that's sure. going to be tacked onto that and taken off. All of my expenses, all of the things that I'm paying for is all tacked into that. It's insane how many you have to sell. And it's not that selling eight leggings a day is hard, but you're selling the same leggings to the same people in the same saturated market on the mm-hmm. same social media And nobody wanted it when they saw them last week. And you haven't had enough money to buy anything else. So you're still selling the same stuff that nobody wants. Right. It is a vicious cycle. It's a very vicious cycle. So early on, you were told, though, in in order to make big money here and watches and trips and all that other stuff, you're going to need people working under you. Yeah. There was no way to not. There was like, you don't have to have a team, but you can if you want. And if you have a team, you then open up all of these things. You can qualify for the monthly bonus. You can build a big enough team that you hit a rank. And then once you hit this rank, you unlock the ability to hit this bonus. And then yeah. once you hit this rank, you can unlock a new level on that other bonus that you Got have it. and go even deeper. And so it's like, 
playing a video game. Sometimes in an MLM, if you don't hit that qualification, you say you have to sell 200 things and you only sold 195 things. So you don't qualify. So that bonus check that you thought you were going to get, you're not going to get. So a lot of times people get stuck in that, right? We call these, this is something that happens all the time in MLM. And this is where I come in and say, this is concerning. So say you have to sell 200 things, but you only sold 195 for the month. Well, now someone has to buy those five things. And it's usually the last couple days of the month where you're like, hey, I'm so close to that bonus. You guys see it on social media all the time. I'm so close to that bonus. It's always at the end of the month. I just need five more people to buy one tube of lipstick each so I can hit my whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe they do and maybe they don't. But what happens on the back end is panic. You start reaching out to people in your team. Do you need any lipstick? Can you buy a lipstick from me? If I buy a lipstick from you, can you buy a lipstick from me? Because mm. you need the sale and I need the sale and we can help each other out. So now yeah. you're doing this incestuous inside selling to inside hit your selling, ranks, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that product is not actually leaving the MLM. It's staying within and it's being Fair. sold between. Or you're making a fake account. You're opening up a new account as a new customer on a fake email address. And you're oh. yourself purchasing those five things as a fake person. And then you justify this sunk cost by going, well, I either needed that shampoo or I can use those lipsticks I got as a giveaway next month. Right. Or Christmas mm-hmm, is coming mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to yep. throw those in stockings, or I'm just going to give those to people. Like, so you're also going to justify those unnecessary purchases. Most of the time that unnecessary purchase happens because maybe you're going to get a thousand dollar bonus. Right. Okay. So you've got this thousand dollar bonus looming above your head, but you have to spend $300 to hit the thing to qualify for that thousand dollar bonus. So the right. MLM's like, you're going to leave $700 on the Dollars table. on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You're throwing money away. Yep. Mark, the CEO of LuLaRoe, used to say when we would do that, that we were burning his money. Interesting. You're just burning my money. If you're not participating in the leadership bonus plan, which is what they called it, that's their mm-hmm. pyramid scheme. If you're right. not doing this, you're burning my money. Right. And I was like, are we? Because you are st- we? If, if you're not giving me the money, you're still keeping it. So I'm not really sure. But he would say that. And he would be like, right. you don't understand how much money you're leaving on the table. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to do that. Like probably once or twice where I was like, oh no, I need to sell three more shirts. And so I just bought them. Bought them. Yeah, of course. Of, bought it does. Yes, yes, yes. And I just marked it on the back end. And I was like, those are freebies. I just now have three free shirts to give away that I paid for. I didn't take them out Mm -hmm. of the inventory. I just said, here's $75 plus tax to cover those three twenty five, dollars whatever it was. Like it was that kind of thing. And I'll fix it on the back end. And I know because I have a podcast where I talk to people, I'm not the only person that does this. (laughs) No, it makes sense. And I'm not even the only one. That was what I did was nothing compared to some of the things that people do Mm -hmm. to hit those Mm -hmm. ranks. And that's when that sunk cost fallacy starts to get really deep. The sunk cost fallacy is a technical term for throwing good money after bad. It's the error of continuing to put money into something because we already put money into it. The issue is that we can't get the original money back, and putting more money into it is not going to get us the original money back. But just as Roberta said, she and many others just kept buying more inventory to get these bonuses. They would feel foolish if they chose not to, just like we would see in any toxic relationship, because all you're ever doing is chasing 
an ungettable carrot. The initial investment in these schemes, that's the bad call. And unfortunately, people just kept throwing more money into them, just like we do in any toxic situation. It may be money, it may be time, but we have to remember You can't get the original investment back, no matter how much more money or time you throw into it. It's the wishful thinking that can take people to the point of utter devastation in these situations. Our session will continue after this break. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It sounds like what I'm hearing here, and it's very interesting. Again, like any toxic relationship, it has a cycle. In the beginning, you're so great. You're great on sales. You're great at social media. Come, come, come. Join us, join us, join us. You're in. You're selling good inventory, making money, recruiting people under you. You're making Mm -hmm. their percentages. Great, great. Party, cruise, watch. Okay? 
there's got to be a day for almost everyone in these systems where now you're buying a bunch of shirts and you're buying more and more to make bonuses or you can't get more people to work under you or the people working under you who know the same people you do, who are you selling to? They're like, enough, enough squirrel head leggings. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so now you've run out of customers, right? Right. So when you were doing well, when you were selling well, were they telling you you're a great salesperson? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't even sales. It had nothing to do with sales. No one ever said anything like, wow, Roberta, you sold a lot of pants. No one ever said anything like that. It was like, oh my God, Roberta, you got four new people on your team this month. That's oh, incredible. Okay. Okay. How are mm. you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. They come to me and they say, I want to sell LuLaRoe. Can I be on your team? And I was like, sure, here's my link. That's what happened. There were so many people that just wanted to join. Like, I never felt like I ever had to convince anybody. We did have a Facebook group for people that had questions. There was a lot of people that were like, I just have questions. I I just, can I talk to you? Sure. And we had a Facebook group with anybody that wanted to build a team that was on my team. And it was just sort of a funnel, essentially, of people that wanted to join. Now, we weren't adding people that didn't want to join. It was always, if you want more information. But it was basically a pool. And anybody on my team that wanted to build a team was an admin in that group and would go live and answer questions and would really just essentially recruit from there. And to me, I was like, yeah, this works because everyone would essentially be on my team because I'm the head of this pyramid. Again, hindsight's 2020. But so for me, I was just giving these people to the people underneath me because exponentially in a pyramid scheme, I'm still getting paid. I'm still making that money. I'm still getting that bonus check every single month because I'm still qualifying, because I'm still buying enough, selling enough, doing enough. Mm -hmm. People that don't recruit in an MLM are affectionately known as the last ones in. And nine times out of 10, they're not going to make any money. Unless it's a really fantastic product that they can sell like nobody's business, but those people are few and far between. Really good salespeople don't usually sell for MLMs. Like really good salesmen have legit sales jobs. But yeah. (laughs) How much was sort of your initial investment? Like somebody, after waiting all that time and getting pulled into LuLaRoe, how much money would one have to put up to even get into this game. Back then, it's changed now with the lawsuit and all of the trouble that they got and it has changed. But back then, it was a minimum buy-in of $5,000. $5,000? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent closer to nine, though. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, but, okay. So and, so you're telling me people waited. Yes. They waited all that time. Yes. <laughs> $5,000 is a minimum. lot of money. Yeah. But here's the thing, $5,000 for anybody who's getting into this racket was going to be a life-changing amount of money. It it was massive amounts of debt because anybody who's that liquid would not be doing this. Right. Right? So so $5,000, which like I said, I'm viewing all of this through a narcissistic relationship space. I'm thinking of somebody who who has gotten so seduced by something that they're giving up a huge part of themselves. And in this case, it's resource. Oh my God. It was like, it it wasn't even about the $5,000 because the $5,000 at that point was just $5,000. Like I can figure it out. Because it was the idea and what MLM sell is the idea of the possibility of having everything you want. (laughs) 
so interesting you put it. It's the idea of the possibility of having something you want, <laughs> right. which is like even worse than future faking. Because I, but I do talk about in toxic relationships, yeah. it's all about narrative. Someday we're just going to be this really, we're just going to be the super happy family and we're going to be happy. And I'm thinking, oh, but this person like lies to you a lot and betrays you. Like, help me make sense of this. But they're telling themselves a story. Right. But you also brought up something really interesting this idea of people putting up $5,000. You brought up the sunk cost fallacy. For people listening, sunk cost fallacy is a theory in behavioral economics. And that it's, I think that the old saying is you throw good money after bad, which is that once you've put money into something, we then, instead of walking away saying, okay, I screwed up, I'm out. We keep throwing more money at it and we justify it because most people have something called what's called loss aversion. And loss aversion is this idea that I'm uncomfortable with the idea of losing money, but the money's already lost. Right. There's so much of this in MLM because it keeps you there, right? Yeah. Once you realize the emperor isn't actually wearing any clothes. (laughs) No, the emperor's wearing leggings. You now then have to you know, justify (laughs) why you're still here because it's clearly not what we signed up for. Uh, But now I'm I'm invested. Now I'm invested. Well, I put a lot of money in it. And they keep telling me if I keep working harder and I'm I'm doing the steps and I'm doing the things and I'm working the thing and they're doing the thing. And it just keeps people on the hook for longer and longer and longer. Like I remember leaving and one of the sunk costs that they tried to use against me was something cringy called your why, which is the reason that you're doing this. Uh And we always would say, if your why doesn't make you cry, then you're not digging deep enough, which is so toxic. And we would play this game where we would play the why game where you'd have to give your why and then your partner would say why and you'd have to answer. And they'd say why until that other person was like, (laughs) like to the point where you're literally like breaking down and you're finding your true why. And so we have this like why that we're following and everything we're doing is for this thing. It's our why. So when I left... That was the first thing when I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. That was the first thing they brought up. Well, what about your why? And I was Uh, like, okay. And they're like, the reason you're doing this, that was your kids. You wanted to stay home and be home with your kids. Like you wanted to be able to be there for your kids and be the mom that you always wanted to be. And I'm like, crap. It got me on a technicality. That's true. And I was like, oh, and I, I ended up agreeing with her on the phone and deciding to stay. <laughs> it was very short-lived. I only stayed for about an extra hour, but I did decide to stay because she had manipulated me on that level of, but you're doing this for your kids. It's gaslighting. They're doubting reality. Obviously, you're still committed to your kids. Right? Okay. So I'm like, oh, they're fuck saying, them kids. Like, you I don't, don't care want- anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to sell pizza leggings. You're not committed to your kids. Right. Is is to me, it's the most distorted, twisted <laughs> gaslighting. And I've heard it all. This is a new level. Okay. You can't sell bizarrely patterned clothes. You don't love your kids. Right. That kind of reality shifting to a person who now may actually feel like they are failing because they're not moving inventory, because the inventory is not attractive or there's too many people selling it. It's cruel. Yeah, it is cruel. And there were people, and there's still people in the world that fall for it every day. 
There's still people that are loyal, maybe not even in LuLaRoe anymore, that are still loyal to LuLaRoe. Who will harass me on the internet and leave nasty comments. It's funny. But they're still loyal. And they still think that what I'm saying is ridiculous and I'm just complaining and I should be lucky. The fashion industry has defects and it's part of the thing. And like, you should, again, you should have worked harder or I'm so thankful that LuLaRoe did all of this for me. Like, you're just ungrateful. So that's the enabling. You're saying is that the system, though, still has a lot of enablers in it. People who will say, you're bad, you're wrong. The abuser basically is right. They trauma bond to the abuser. And as part of that denial structure, they shame people. I get people that come at me all the time. I'm pretty out there on social media. I'll have those people that come to me and they're like, mm, you were just bitter. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll make an example out of you today and educate people and say, yeah. like, what's happening right here? This is enabling. This is gaslighting. You know, this is what cults do. This is what MLMs do. This is what high demand toxic groups do. Whether it's a one-on-one, like a narcissistic relationship or one-on-one however many in an MLM or a pyramid scheme or a cult, like it's the same. It's just different size. (laughs) It is a different size. And I think that there's slightly different issues, but I think a lot of people who get pulled into the MLM world, if you're not familiar with the concept of a narcissistic relationship, or if you've been in nothing but narcissistic relationships and don't know the alternative, there's a real vulnerability to thinking that what's happening here is normal. Right. I want to ask you, other than money, what are the other things that you think people lose to MLMs? Money's obvious, right? $5,000 right out the gate. But other than money, what do you think people lose? Sanity. When they're in an MLM. <laughs> sanity. Sanity. Definitely sanity. Sense of self. Mm-hmm. Sense of their individuality. They lose who they are. They lose their real friends, they lose their real family, they lose the people that actually care about them, they lose sense of belonging because it's so freely given and then so quickly taken away. The excommunication of MLM was the hardest part for me. The, wait, yesterday we were besties and today you blocked me. I have massive abandonment issues from being raised by a narcissist who was always withholding and was great at the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. And so that is my biggest trigger. That you blocking me, you ignoring me, you silent treating me on purpose. All of that is very hard for me. And that was probably the most difficult thing was leaving and losing my sense of self and my sense of community. And everybody that had been my friend for 18 months that just thought I was a piece of shit now, like instantly overnight because I didn't want to be a part of this game anymore. Because it was, I was losing myself. I was having panic attacks. I, I had never had bad anxiety before. I had never had panic attacks. And I have them all the time now. I have very bad anxiety, a very bad paranoia about things, a lot of trust issues, <laughs> abandonment issues, like all kinds of things that were just triggered, that just came back up and are things that I've been working through and fixing in my life over the last few yeah. years. But, you know... Those are some things that people lose. But I'd say that if you don't know what you're dealing with, it's going to take it. And I think you raised something here that's so important to comment on is that I will say that in the wake of whether it's LuLaRoe, which got a lot of public coverage because of the series, but any MLM, there's a real tendency to blame and shame the people who did it. Well, you should have known. You got into it without as much attention to the perpetrators, the people who really brought people into these sort of shady kinds of business models. But our tendency 
is to always blame the people, saying that's her fault for not paying her mortgage, rather than not identifying the vulnerability people have, historical vulnerability and the the world-class level of manipulation that's being applied to people who don't understand what's being done to them. Like you said, you lose your sanity. Yeah, you don't know what's up and down anymore. No, you don't. And so it's not a great place to make decisions from. And honestly, what I'm hearing is that people went into this in a really well-intentioned, innocent way, saying, here's a chance for me to make money. It's all, a lot of this was happening after the recession, Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was just people wanting to just feel like they were also participating in the family, but not yeah. wanting to leave the house when they had young kids. The motivation was so, I mean, I think in some ways very pure. The manipulators were, they were playing with an entirely different deck of cards. And to yeah. me, that's not okay. It's so easy. It's so easy to blame the people who are scammed by these things. Instead of, and and we've got to get out of the habit of congratulating the manipulators (laughs) and blaming and shaming the people who have been harmed by these systems. You know, I will say one interesting thing about multi-level marketing in terms of victims and perpetrators is everybody's both. Everybody in an MLM is a victim and a perpetrator. Oh, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? Because what happens is you get into the pyramid and you realize the only way to make money in the pyramid is to bring more people in. And so you become the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize you're the victim who's become a perpetrator. But because you are the victim and you are stuck in this, I guess I got to do this to be successful. And you sort of flip that switch and you do that, you then become the perpetrator. And there are definitely people who come on my show who have a lot a hard time a bet. With that, the realization like, oh, I found your podcast and I was listening and I was like, yeah, thank God. And then you talked about my MLM and then I went, oh my God, I'm the perpetrator too. Did you ever feel like a perpetrator, Roberta? Not when I was in it, no. Never. Do you feel like one now? I felt like I was one when I was in. I'm definitely not a perpetrator anymore. When mm-hmm. I started to realize what was going on, that was like my goal. And I said at the end of Lula Rich was that I... At the peak of my team, I had 75 women that were directly underneath me in some sort of way. Wow. Underneath me or underneath people that were underneath me. Like my pyramid yeah, at 75 yeah. strong. And so I realized that I'm a big like keeping my karma scales like balanced or at least in the good. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was very much upside down in my karma. That I had hurt mm-hmm. more people. Even, mm. And I thought I was offering an opportunity because I had made money and I had a positive experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so offering that opportunity and, and helping people join, I became that perpetrator. But I didn't realize it until after I had left. And so I vowed to at least help 75 women. Just get me back to, to slate zero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... I've been able to help a lot more than that. And in realizing that I was in a cult, that I had brought people in, that I had been a part of it, that I had told people things that were maybe not 100% truthful in order to sugarcoat things or to make things seem better than they were or ignore things or say, that hasn't been my experience. I just, I realized, oh my God, I was a part of this. Like I was a monster too. Mm. And I think it's really hard for people to admit that. There's a lot of, I was in an MLM and I like did well. I don't understand where you're, you must be bitter. You must have lost money. You must, and I'm like, no, I just, I see it for what it is. And I can't sit around. Like my dad always told me, never be a cheater, a liar, or a thief in business. Never be a cheater, a liar, and a thief because you have nothing to fall back on at that point. If you always start off as a cheater, a liar, and a thief, you can never become one. But if you start off as an honest man, you always have a plan B. That was his joke. And so mm. I tried to be as honest as possible. And I started realizing what I was doing was being a liar, a cheater, and a thief. 
And I was like, oh, I can't do this. And I just, I had to tell everybody. I had to apologize for it. I had to come clean. I had to help as many people as I could get out of LuLaRoe if that's what they wanted. I never said, you need mm-hmm. to leave. But right. I definitely was like, if you want to, I can help you. And then that led into me helping other people out of other MLMs. And that led to me being a witness against them in in the lawsuit in Washington mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being a part of Lula Rich and helping actually behind the scenes in other LuLaRoe documentaries, even though I wasn't on screen. I, I'm, always, I'm always on the back end helping as much as I possibly can and, and connecting as many people. There are so many amazing stories of beautiful, wonderful people that were just chewed up and spit out that we haven't heard. And so I'm always trying to find those stories so that people can connect and people can feel validated and people can say, oh, it's not just me. Oh, this is a whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to push back on your language though a little bit. Okay. Instead of victim perpetrator, I almost feel like I'd, I'd love to prefer to see the language of survivor and manipulator. Like they you know, turned you into too. a manipulator. And that is one thing is I, I try to say survivor, right? Because we are victims, but I want to help create survivors from victims. So I think actually survivor is even a better term. I like survivor than better than victim, but I also think like it's the survival in that system, right? Because as you said... I think if a person was said, hey, by recruiting other people, you're now setting up people who are going to have less likely to make money than you to invest the same amount of money and the harm that, I mean, you're not given an informed consent form. No. Listen, I'm not, it's, I, I, yes, I agree people have to take personal responsibility. And that's part of what I do by teaching people about narcissistic relationships, right. telling everyone all that glitters is not gold. If something's charismatic and charming, run the hell away. Like those are my <laughs> marching orders, right? right? If it seems too good to be true, it is. However, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that to survive in a system, you had to become the system. And if you still believed in the system, you were slowly morphing into that. And a lot of people who have been in narcissistic relationships will say, the hardest part of healing was I hated who I became. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't recognize myself anymore. I couldn't look myself in the Mm -hmm. mirror. It was Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, I'm the only person that has to look myself in the mirror every single day and come Mm -hmm. to terms Mm -hmm. with what I have done and what I have excused or downplayed. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were people coming to me toward the end before I had left that were like, I'm going to lose my house or I'm going to, this is happening. And I was just like, pay your mortgage. But But if I could buy three more, Okay, so I could pay my mortgage or I could buy five boxes of LuLaRoe. And then if I get those five boxes of LuLaRoe, if I sold at least 75% of it, then I would not only make my money back, but I'd make more. And then I could pay my mortgage and I'd have enough to do this and then buy LuLaRoe with that too. And I was like, but that's not going to happen. No, and it's people future faking themselves and it's tough. So I've been listening to your podcast. I really enjoy it. Please, though, for people who are interested in hearing more about MLMs and people's stories within them, please, Roberta, tell us about your podcast. Tell us where we can find you and how we can support you. Absolutely. After I finished filming Lula Rich and I finished with the Washington lawsuit, I got the phone call that, that they had settled. And I thought that was like February 4th or something of 2020. Of, it was like February 4th or something of like 2021. And that was pretty much my last like thing that I had committed to. 
And I felt, okay, Roberta, your job is over. Now what? And I had just gotten divorced. And so for me, it was my first Valentine's Day all by myself. And I thought, what am I going to do? Why don't I tell my story and start that podcast I've been talking about for the last four years? I had been interviewing people on Facebook Lives and all of these things for many, many years before that, but I had never turned it into anything like tangible. So I thought, okay, I can start a podcast. Like it's free. You can download this app and do this thing. And I just started telling stories. And in the beginning, I'm a hairstylist by trade. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to interview people. I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to work out an outline. I didn't know how to do any of that. I just knew that I wanted to talk to people that had been where I had been in other companies to end the stigma of failure. Like we're not Mm -hmm. failures. Mm 99.7% of people lose money in an MLM. That is not a statistic of failure. That is a statistic of systemic oppression. (laughs) So It's a norm. I mean, it's it's really a norm. Like if 99 lose, like then that's how it is. Like we talked about Mm -hmm. gambling earlier. 95% of people lose in gambling. Mm -hmm. 99% Mm -hmm. of people lose in MLM. Like it's wild, And an actual illegal pyramid scheme, the one that the government shuts down, that's only 91% failure. So it's really wild. And I would see these statistics and I would find these articles and I would read these things and I'd be like, more people need to know about this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I started that podcast and I sort of did a call to action. I had people follow me. I said, if you want to talk to me, I would love to have you. And we just started telling stories and I would just, I didn't know how to edit and I would just throw them up. What's your podcast called? It's called Life After MLM. And that's what we talk about. We are ending the stigma of failure in an industry that is systemically designed for you to fail. Perfect. And we talk to experts, survivors, other advocates, other activists. I even cover fraud, scams, cults, and all of that stuff too in, in between mm-hmm. to show you all the different red flags and how those Venn diagrams are circles. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Well, it's all the psychology, yeah, of, of yeah. narcissism. Ultimately, right. I'm going to always going to, I'm going to always bring it up that flagpole. So, yeah. well, I, again, thank you so much because I, you know, like I said, I, I when I heard about MLMs, I was like, boom, narcissistic yeah. relationship. This is a no brainer for me. And I wanted to bring that frame and, and hear your experience, but everything you described, <laughs> what happened, the love bombing, the experience in it, and even the fallout, it's all consistent yeah. with what happens to people in narcissistic relationships. So Roberta, thank you for this very lively conversation. <laughs> and I still got me a pair of LuLaRoe leggings with pencils all over them in my drawer that still have the ass in them. So I'm pretty happy to say I haven't torn them yet. Just a matter of time. These are my takeaways from my conversation with Roberta. First, the very nature of MLMs is consistent with the telltale signs and features of a narcissistic relationship. The love bombing, future faking, manipulation, shaming, and then rejection of anyone that dares to speak out. It's the architecture of a narcissistic relationship. In order to bring in financially or psychologically vulnerable individuals and sell them on a bad idea, empathy also is lacking. This means that any sales venture that seems too good to be true, that requires a major upfront investment and plays games like delays in onboarding, Those are all red flags. Our next takeaway is that Roberta's story and statements like, if your why doesn't make you cry, you aren't digging deep enough, are great examples of connecting a business arrangement like sales to the personal. And that makes it easier to manipulate someone. 
While it's healthy to feel passionate about professional pursuits, it's dangerous when those with more power are trying to elicit such a strong emotional response, which can then be used as a tool to gaslight you. When boundaries are being pushed and it is being implied that you don't care enough, start looking for the exit. And finally, the power of any toxic system is the power to entice people with the seduction of community and friendship and to use that sense of community as a weapon and withdraw and withhold when there's a sense that someone is not playing by the rules of the MLM. MLMs often have the most success with people who feel already isolated, lonely, or in need of social support and friendship. So from the very beginning, the MLM has the ultimate tool to keep people in line, social rejection. This is a reminder of why it is so important to give ourselves permission to keep cultivating healthy supports and not just with people who are becoming friends solely because of their affiliation with something that will benefit them if you join. A big thank you to our executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Fallon Jethro, Ellen Rakuten, and Dr. Romani Dervasala. And thank you to our producer, Matthew Jones, associate producer, Mara Della Rosa, and consultant, Kelly Ebeling. And finally, thank you to our editors and sound engineers, Devin Donahue and Calvin Bailiff. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.